Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Co-host Gino Bacola here on the Mike Abadir Show, setting you up with the main man, Mike Abadir, each and every week. Lots going on in the world of sports. I think over a 48-hour period, there might have been more like important things happening in the NBA on and off the court than any like, 48 hours I can remember. We've got some big news in baseball with the league cracking down on the uh, the spin rates and everything happening there. Euro Cup going on. Actually got the U.S. Open clicked here in the background. I have uh, did a little handicapping and put in a couple U.S. Open plays this week myself. So a lot happening out there right now, Mike. Yeah, let's start off the court in the NBA Talk a little Carlisle, Dallas Mavs. What insight do you have? What have you heard? Why would they part ways when you have arguably the best young player in the game? There's been a lot of uh, of kind of weird stuff going on in the Dallas organization. Even just the last couple of years, there were some um, some people in places of leadership that were sort of toxic. Now, you kind of think about Mark Cuban as a really good owner from the, from the top down. And I think he is. I think he does a really good job. Um, but there have been... Um, you know, some things where they've sort of swung and missed. Carlisle was one of the better coaches and well-respected coaches, but in the last couple of days, Don Nelson, who has been with the organization, I think for 23 years, he decided to leave. There was rumors just a couple of days ago about um, someone. It's funny, uh, a guy named Haralabas Volgaris, who's a, a a major gambler, and he's someone who, who has a lot of money. He's he, he's involved. He, he talks a lot about uh, crypto stuff too, um, quite often. But he's someone who used to go on Bill Simmons' podcast a lot. And this guy's a very very smart. You can just hear what he talks. He's a really good NBA kind of analyst, but more so as a gambler. He started working for Dallas in like a consultant sort of a, a spot. And apparently, Luca didn't really like this guy. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff that was happening. So I guess Luca, not not a lot of great things happening there. Um, there were some rumblings that Luca wasn't happy. So I think if Mark Cuban found out Luca's not happy, I think he's going to probably do anything to, to make sure that he is. We'll, we'll see if these were the guys who maybe sort of had to die on the sword along the way. Interesting. Very, very interesting. One of the, uh, you know, longer tenured coaches in the league, uh, you know, has a championship ring and, uh, you know, done a pretty nice job with Dallas. He's kind of been the face of Dallas for uh, well over a decade now, but from, he steps from, down. From Tuesday night we saw the milwaukee bucks blow a massive lead against the brooklyn nets a brooklyn nets team where durant had this incredible performance it was just a it was it was a combination of awesome from durant like all time and then just like you cannot believe what you're just seeing from milwaukee as they're just losing it and then the next day on wednesday yesterday we find out cp3 is in the COVID protocols. We don't know what's going on with him as the Suns are just waiting around. We find out that Kawhi is hurt. He has an ACL injury. We have no idea the severity of that. If you find out that he's playing in like a couple days for game seven, it wouldn't be that surprising. But people have talked about this could be like a Clay Thompson injury where maybe he misses an entire year. Follow. We don't even know. We had Stan Van Gundy 
out at, after just one year of coaching the Pelicans with Zion over there and Ingram in a pretty good young nucleus. Uh, Scott Brooks decides he's not going to come back and coach the Wizards with Bradley Beal and uh, and Russell Westbrook. Um, and it was, and then then we saw the game. That was all before the game started yesterday. Then we saw two more teams blow these huge opportunities that they had. Utah <clears throat> had a chance to put the Clippers really in a bad spot and go up three to two without Kawhi, but Paul George and the Clippers step up and have a great game. Utah, I think it was three for 22 from three and a half at one point. The Sixers choked away a 26 point lead. The, the last 48 hours of NBA has been insane. Absolutely insane. And uh, apparently, I mean, one of the headlines on ESPN is it's been a, a record breaking, um, you know, injury streak. But they, they also had some fact checkers who said that that wasn't the case. And, During the regular uh, it, season, they weren't using the playoffs as an example. Exactly. See, that's, that's where people got tricky. The yep. fact checkers were saying, oh, yeah, this was regular season. And everybody's pointing out the fact that, well, yeah, the last three weeks, we're, we're talking about nine all-stars missing playoff games. That's, they, that's where they tried to get a little tricky and, like, defend the NBA and defend yep. what they did, you know? So exactly. it's like, yeah, exactly. fact checkers checking the fact checkers, you know, <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And here's here's the thing. Uh, injury wise, you know, to me, it's pretty clear that just the change of schedules and and everything that shifted around due to covid had some type of impact. What that impact is exactly. I don't know, but I see it across all sports in baseball. Is it me or are there a ton of guys going on the injured list? Yep. And I, I mean, it's, even it's a just routine. from like a silly fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, I do this NL only league uh, fantasy team and half, literally half. So my lineup has 13 players because it's rotisserie. So everybody's stats are cumulative. Seven of my guys on the IL. I've never had that's on um, offense, like the so hitters. Th- this year, so, so far on my team, I had my number one pick, Mike Trout, out. Scherzer was my, my number two pick. He's on the IL. I've had uh, Muncie is now on the IL. Buxton, who was my best player, is on the IL. Cattell Marte was on the IL for about a month. I've had all of my top like seven best players. Right now, I've got four at the same time. I had to drop Ozuna because of, you know, he, who knows if he's even going to play a game, the stuff that he had going on um, personally off of the yep. field, too. I completely agree with you. I don't know. And and it's we're such a creature of habit and all of these guys and, and gals in the sports that they are in, they have trained their bodies for so many years to this is the season. This is when we take a month off or six weeks off and we don't do a whole lot. This is when we start to ramp our bodies back up now and really start to train for the season. Everybody's schedule got disrupted. Every single one in all of these sports. Um, really, I guess the only one that didn't that much was football. Right, because I guess football stayed on their normal schedule. They didn't have like a shortened season or an elongated year, so they're not going to necessarily be. Um, yeah, the only know, tweak with that was like uh, mini camps and mandatory camps yeah, that were the, the uh, ramp up to last like year yeah. was a little different. But as far as their whole like um, game season, yeah, yeah, as far as like when the season was, because the problem is, is for the NBA, like right now as a Laker fan, I got to say, I, I'm I'm looking at what happened and I go, you know what. The, the Lakers weren't going to win this year, just the way that this was happening. I'm very glad that they got they got 71 days off last year, and the Lakers are going to have 138 days off this year between when they play their last game and when the first game of the season starts. Now, think about the team. It's going to be the same for these teams again this year. 
that go deep. For the teams that are the final four and that go deeper in the playoffs, I can promise you we are going to look next year when the season starts in October and these players have played into July, which they weren't used to. Remember, right now, the season would, this is, this is when the finals normally would be right now in June. So we still have two full more rounds to go. So by the time that's done and these players are all done in the middle to end of July, they're not going to have, you know, the Suns or, if it's the Nets or whichever of these teams, the Clippers, those guys next year are going to be in the same prop boat that the Lakers, the Nuggets, the, the Celtics, and the Heat were in this year. All of their major players, their bodies are going to be just not used to playing so deep and then having a short offseason and having to try to turn around and ramp it right up again. It's, yeah, it's take- almost like the two teams that get to the finals – should it's almost get like a buy for the first week or right? something of the season, you know, People just to get them more time. Bubble tax from last year. <laughs> so you pay yeah. the bubble tax, you know. Absolutely insane. By the way, you and I share a uh, a couple of players uh, fantasy wise in terms of uh, Max Muncy and uh, Scherzer, and I hate the hamstring type issues because, I mean, Scherzer's a bulldog. He's gonna want to get out. And pitch his heart out, right? That's just the guy he is. But hamstrings are tricky, man. This thing could, you know, initially it was like one start, but it could extend to two, three, or beyond. So keeping our fingers crossed for our fantasy teams because, you know, I I, I need the dude on my roster as does anybody that's got Max Scherzer, right? But, you're, but yeah, the injury numbers are just ridiculous. I mean... What do, you, what do you do when you have... Four, you know, you have like two on, on in my league that I'm playing in. We have two injured IL spots that you can use, right? So you've got five players that are on the injured list. You and you can't. You got to look in your head. You go. I can't really drop any of them because they're not like massive. Like, how could you drop someone? Because if in two, three weeks when they get back and need instantly, somebody's going to pick them up. But if you go those three weeks or a month with zero production. And you're just getting goose eggs in those spots. It becomes and fantasy stuff we all have to deal with. And, but it becomes one of those things where it's like, uh, what am I doing here? No, the, Their trade value isn't really value when they're hurt because I'm going to get a lot less for them than I should. You're just in this weird spot where you just got to kind of take it for a few weeks and just hope that, like, you know, you don't get crushed. That's why I love, by the way, for any of the listeners out there that are into uh, fantasy baseball, that's why I love rotisserie. Because especially in a keeper league, that's an auction format because, you know, let's just take somebody like uh, Jeff McNeil, right? Really good hitter, 300 hitter. He's injured right now. I need to replace his production. But in the auction, everybody spent their money early. So I was able to get Jeff McNeil probably at a 30% discount auction wise, right? So somebody that's in last place right now wanting to you know, keep McNeil because you could keep up to 10 players in rotisserie, right? And it goes against the 260, you know, million dollar salary cap or whatever it is, right? So that's kind of one of the cool things about rotisserie. The other thing is you could replace as many IL guys as possible. There's no limitation. Uh, and then once like Muncie comes off the IL, I could activate him for anybody as long as it works positionally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you could you could trade anybody leading up to that point, too. So if I'm like, well, I replaced him with uh, Lamont Wade on the Giants, who's really, really tearing the cover off the ball and stealing some bases, too. For NL only, he's got a little bit of a value. 
So I don't want to just absolutely release him when Max Muncy comes back. So maybe you could package up something McNeil, Lamont Wade, etc. Even for a second round minor league pick for next year. Hands down, and I really hope you could join us next year, uh, Gino. It's probably one of the most fun, strategic type of fantasy formats that I've ever participated in, and that's why I've been doing it for over 20 years. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a blast. Yeah, it really, really is a good time. Now, hey, you mentioned something that kind of triggered a thought in my mind. Uh, When you were kind of explaining things in terms of players being, you know, creatures of habit, you know, players of routine, there's a lot of muscle memory involved and that type of thing. You used a key word. You said for the guys and the gals. Big issue right now going on in the world of, uh, probably in the world of sports, in society overall, um, but specifically coming out of soccer, women's soccer, is the issue of equal pay. Now, typically, we see this issue arise when there's some eyeballs on soccer, when the women's national team is playing, when they're winning, uh, when there's a tournament going on, when there's Copa de America or whatever, right? You start hearing about some of those issues. I've got a take on that, but I'm curious to hear kind of what are your thoughts about this equal pay controversy? Yeah, it is funny that it kind of popped back up right now. Um, a lot of the things that I read, it, 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 it's it's a different – What's what's – um, very interesting about this particular topic is that I don't think a lot of other places, maybe around the world or countries, um, they're not in the same situation, right? How, where the women's team are probably as well known or I don't want to say more cared about, but uh, they're definitely could be, like, it could be, they're definitely could be better, more right? They're definitely better at, at, at their particular sport than the men, no doubt about it, in, in our country. No, they're one team in the world. They're the biggest stars. They're they're bigger stars than the men. I, I don't think most I think more people walking down the street would be able to tell you who Megan Rapino was than any man on any male on the US national team right now. I think that's probably fair. Um so I wouldn't argue that. Yeah, and, and probably two or three women versus like even pull a sit or whoever, you know what I mean? Like before anyone even's like pulling out like a, a, a US men that they know. So um, it, it, that's what makes this so funny. I, I remember reading a lot about this last year, and and, and uh, in particular about how much the women do draw, um, and how much they do bring in, and how much their how big their ratings are, and what makes it just a little bit di- sort of difficult is that they don't have. I think I think, and you can correct me if I'm mistaken on this because I may not. I think the difference with the women is that. They don't have as steady of a consistent stream. I think is it is it more like when they have the World Cup and like the yearly stuff, that's when they able are, are able to generate a ton of revenue. But because there's not as much of a demand for like um like the the US men's national team will still get more more attention on like a friendly or things like that. It just doesn't feel like there's as much out there for the women. And I think that was sort of a problem. But I absolutely think if the this women's team gets more eyeballs on them, cares more, they should absolutely be paid just as much, if not more, because for the reason that we said, we they are a bigger draw, bigger stars. I just don't know exactly, to be fair, what the kind of like revenue sharing that, that, that women's soccer versus men's soccer as a whole brings in. And I think that's where things get a little tricky. 
Yeah, you you hit on it when you're talking about the number of opportunities, number of tournaments, stuff like that. I think there's more that are set up for the men's uh, than the women's overall. But there's another component to it, too, which is ultimately the other women's teams from around the world, unfortunately, drag down the compensation for the U.S. women. And why I say that is because globally, uh, like you said, Mm -hmm. the U.S. women's team here is in a different kind of situation than in most other nations. So when you're Those talking women about have, like FIFA, other jobs, they're not even like full time player. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're exactly. like, doing other stuff most of the time and they train for a few months leading up because they yeah. just don't have opportunities to make any money to, to support themselves or their family when they're not playing in the World Cup. Exactly right. So the problem is this. When you're talking about like, let's just go to the top and say FIFA, when they're putting together, um, you know, the compensation packages for the women's teams, it's going to be based on gate receipts and television revenue. Right. And globally, that's just inferior to what the men's, uh, you know, when FIFA is putting together that package, we're talking way more money for men's. So the question then becomes, okay, how does the best team make up for all of the teams that don't have an interest. And I think that's where it's problematic. So, you know, uh, the Federation here in America, they would come back and say, well, where do we get that money from? We got our share from FIFA or from Copa de America or whatever. And the share was what it was based on an agreed upon percentage. We can't really out or undo that. That's kind of what one of the things that's really problematic. The other thing, Gino, to me is, it's all supply and demand, right? I mean, let's take like the women from The View or Megan Kelly, right? Some of the most top rated, you know, television radio personalities that are out there. They're going to make more money than me on this platform, simply put, right? They've got bigger followings. Uh, they're better at what they do. And they're, uh, you know, gonna, they're going to command a big price tag, Right. Mm-hmm regardless if it's a male or female, right? Um, I don't know if it's so much a male or female issue, and I kind of wish that it wouldn't be presented in that way. I, I kind of really agree. Should, it yeah. really should be just kind of like, you know, once again, does Megan Kelly or Mike Abadir draw more listeners, right? And it should be that simple, right? Like, to me, Vin, uh, Serena Williams is probably more intriguing than Novak Djokovic. Yeah, that's right. That's and fair. I, and I, he's one yeah. of the all-time greats, but I think that Serena draws more eyeballs than he does, except for maybe his uh, native Serbia, right? So Serena should get paid more. That's, to me, hands down, should be the case. Again, though, unfortunately, they go back and let's say each of the majors, Wimbledon, they're going to look at what are the gate receipts for the women, and what are the what's the TV package like for the women? Okay, and we're gonna you know take that number and give the lion's share to the winner of that tournament, right? But the the share for the winner of Wimbledon for women is less than what it is for men. So once again, tournament organizers come back and say, well, where do we get this money from? We're giving her a huge percentage, or the winner it doesn't matter who it is, a huge percentage. Right. And that's where it makes things really difficult is mm-hmm. where does that money come from? I don't think it's a, a matter of we don't want to pay them. I think it's a matter of, hey, the pot has, you know, whatever, 50 million and we're going to give 
thirty million to the, uh, forty million to the players, and it's divvied up that way. Somebody wants more. How can we do that? It's kind of like a like a horse racing contest, right? Los Al's going to have one, by the way, uh, the first one since the COVID era. It's going to be a Fourth of July weekend. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to participate in that. But I already know that the amount that I can possibly win is going to be based on how many entries there are, right? $400 entries, you multiply that by however many are participating. LaSalle keeps their cut, they divide the rest. That's kind of how it works in everything in life, isn't it? Yeah. If I mean, there's not so more, you can't give more what the, than what's not there. Um, but unfortunately, um, I think, think about it, like the women get, I, no, no matter what, and I think we both agree, if there's a percentage that you're giving of something, the the U.S. women should be getting a bigger percentage of if of whatever pie there is than the U.S. men. If it's just based and I, and they do like they get, I think a bigger percentage. The problem is, is that the amount of the percentage is so much smaller. Yeah, it's a bigger percentage of a smaller number. Yep. Right, and that, and, and that's unfortunate because, like we said, like the women here are are freaking rock stars. You know, yeah. like they they're awesome. I mean, they're yeah. doing a an entire uh, recently. Victoria's Secret is changing like the way that they've run their business and their campaign, and they're using uh, Megan Rapino and some of, I believe, a couple other women from the U.S. team as just like changing the like the body image and and making Victoria's Secrets for women and not for men, not something that men are just interested in. But I'm just like that's how big these women are. They're everywhere. They're like huge stars. They're huge oh, yeah. faces. Oh yeah, I, no, I agree with you. When you know. Take, like, Kristen Pulisic is probably one of the better players on the uh, men's team, right? I think that there are more people that are aware of Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapino than uh, Kristen Pulisic and company. Um, by the way, the men's team has some pretty nice up-and-coming players as well. They, they but played that goalie. Was, he had a great game. In the, he had a great game. Uh, and I hope, I hope yeah, he's yeah. able to come back and, and uh, soon. We're really, really late for a commercial break. Let's take one right now, Gino, and we'll come back and we'll continue the conversation. We'll wrap up the equal pay discussion and talk a little more soccer on the men's side with the Euro Cup. Stay with us. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, 
all the time. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We are back here on the Mike Abadir Show. Uh, just something worth mentioning you and I were talking about during the break. Uh, it is the mandatory payout day on Sunday, closing day of the Santa Anita meet. So those entries just came out, I think, a, a little bit ago. I haven't had the opportunity to go through them. I'm going to put a put a, a show segment together and post it on a show tomorrow morning uh, for That's What G Said. But um, no, What's always, the dollar amount going into Friday? Um, I, wh- how much is in the pool right now? Yeah. Uh, let me check. I, I honestly, whenever they, they mark the, the mandatory, I usually just kind of like bookmark it there and, and, and make a note, sure. but something that you mentioned that I think is worth, um, also worth discussing is, uh, you know, you know, it's going to pay out this weekend. Maybe take a little swing on Saturday. Maybe you can jump in, uh, and steal a, a little bit of that big pool before, um, everybody's going to put in their huge, huge tickets on Sunday. Let's see if they even got it anywhere. Let's see. Um, I don't even see if they've got the uh, the carry from last week, but um, yeah, one we'll, o'clock. We'll, we'll look that up. And we'll see look up what, one uh, o'clock post post time all weekend long for uh for Santa Anita, and then we'll have a few weeks at Los Alamitos. You were just mentioning, and then the uh, they'll make the shift to Del Mar. Gotta say, I'm a little bit bummed out because they decided to make the change at Del Mar to to the mandatory pick six or to the um, the rainbow pick six, the twenty cent, which. It's fine on the mandatory days. I'm just much a much more a fan of the traditional uh, $2 pick six. I feel like you get just so much better payout, especially the way Southern California has been lately. A um, little smaller fields, a little bit chalkier. I don't think, you know, 20 cent pick sixes are fine or 20 cent wagers are fine when there are massive fields places. It's cool when you play up at Woodbine or when you play, a, you know, a golf stream and they're massive, massive fields and you get a little more coverage. Sometimes the 20 cent is not, not really all that necessary if you don't have the bigger, bigger fields to support them. So um, I prefer the dollar pick six there, but we'll see how that works over at Del Mar. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if this would work. I don't know if this would dilute the pools too much, but I'm thinking experimentally at least where you'd want to experiment more than anywhere else would probably be Saratoga and Del Mar to roll out two pick sixes. The $2 variety of the $0.20 cent variety. Now, somebody might say, well, that's just going to divide the pools in half. Maybe, maybe not. Because there are a lot of people that just won't play the $0.20 cent pick six. My dad is one of them. right? I'm guessing you know a lot of old school people that aren't really into it as well. That they used to play the $2 pick six fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And the $0.20 cent maybe periodically. 
Right. And the flip side, too. There's some people, it just bankroll wise, it doesn't work for them. The $2 pick six, it's just impossible to get the coverage that you want with, with a limited bankroll. Why not try two of them at one of these meets and just see? It's an experiment. And from the track's perspective, here's what I'll tell you, Gino. So let's say Saratoga or Del Mar on any given day is going to take what's a reasonable number that they would take in their pick six? 200,000? Nowadays, uh, it, nowadays in 80? 80 in a day at Del Mar would be great. 60, okay. 70. Yeah. So let's yeah. just say 80. Yeah. So if somebody says, well, it'll dilute the pool, well, how much? Does that mean it's going to be 40 on each one? If that's the case, the track is going to make just as much money. So why not experiment with it and see? You know, I don't know if it, that would get a lot of interest yeah, or I not, think- but I'd be curious to see if something like that would work because you might bring back a lot more of those $2 players. I think what it's happening. Here's another thing. I would actually, for me personally, I usually back up my pick sixes with pick fives, my pick fives with pick fours. I don't usually do pick threes for my pick fours. But I know our buddy uh, uh, I know our buddy Joe Killian is listening because he just sent us a tweet that said it's currently uh, 140,000 one okay. uh, at, at uh, Twin Spires. So thanks Joe, appreciate Thank you, you helping Joe, us out there. Definitely. Joe's got a 100 bucks coming his way this week. He won uh, he won in one of the retweet co- contests we're giving away for the 200 episodes. That's what G said. So shout out to Joe. Thanks for helping us out and you got a 100 bucks coming your way in just a few days. So nice. hey, uh, that might be a kind of a, a omen fate. Put that back into the pick six. I was going to say, let's, he uh, could turn, let's that, turn that into a big number, buddy. Knowing Joe, he could turn that into uh, a couple thousand or lose that hundred quicker than almost anyone I know, right? <laughs> I think that's going to be, I'm pretty sure that's going to be parlayed into something. It's either going to come back 10,000 or zero, but it'll be quick. It's Joe, like Dave Weaver style. Yeah, Joe's reeling from the, the loss of the 76ers the other night. Oh. That was a bad one. I'm, I'm yeah. sure he's still, uh, he's still hurting there, but uh, thanks for checking in with us there uh, on that. And um, yeah, so. All weekend, what 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 I think the places where we're talking about like the big pools and stuff, I think the management and the people in charge they they start to gravitate towards these rainbows because honestly, I think they like seeing the big number build up. They like seeing that big number. You can sort of use it as an advertisement. Hey, it's five hundred thousand, even though it's sort of false advertising, right? Because you have to be the only ticket to hit the pick six. There's going to be a bunch of people that hit it, and you're not going to end up paying that pool out, and then the pool carries over. So it's sort of like a you know read the fine print kind of a thing. But they that's that's what it comes down to. They love that when they when they do a mandatory and there's a four million dollar pool, you know, even though I on the day to day. What's absolute the best for the day-to-day players is the normal, traditional $2 pick six, whether it be a dollar or $2, whatever, more of the traditional pick six that doesn't have the rolling carryover. Even if you want it to be a 50%, 50 cent or 20 cent, any of it that doesn't have the, the jackpot style, um, because then the people that play it every day are the ones that get paid out the most. That That's what I want as a fan is that the people that are playing the Thursday, Friday, that, you know put in their money, I want them to get the most of their money back um, versus the tracks. They just love, love, love seeing that $8, $10 million on a big Sunday or Saturday, you know? Yeah, no doubt about that. See, I don't, I know that most people will hear my idea and be like, ah, that's never going to happen or that's nuts or whatever. Okay, I, I understand why it, some people would respond in that manner. But consider this. I think that there would not be a substantial of a drop-off pool-wise 
as what would what you would initially kind of think. What immediately comes to mind is okay, it'll dilute it. I don't know about that because I'm looking at these as two completely different wagers. It just happens to be that they are uh, covering six winners. Now, what you can do is do the first six last six. It's two completely different wagers. Now, how could that benefit the track? You were talking about the PR of it, right? They want to be able to blast out. We got a $2.5 million carryover. Well, what about on the days where the uh, 20-cent one is at zero? Well, you now have a possibility that the $2 one is in the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions. So it's almost like you have like an entire meet of possibilities that there could be all these carryovers, two different wagers, right? One's going to pick up the other. I don't know, man. I, I think it would be worth examining. Um, and if they wanted to differentiate it, first six is one wager, last six is another one. I don't know. I'd be intrigued. I, I know I'd probably play the See, $2 one and, uh, and maybe even on some days back it up with a wider 20-cent one. Unfortunately, what you're saying is uh, something that makes sense, and and it could be just a little trial and error. But they don't like to do that. Um, a few tracks do. Uh, well, but, but seen, why? Like we have Exacta and Quinella. Yeah, What's the I, I mean, it's it's just on, honestly, it becomes uh, people just not wanting to, to to have multiple things to roll something new or change. Like it just becomes more of like a they don't care. They have one, and that's the menu. It's like a restaurant, right? Even if even if there were two different versions of something that was good that people wanted, they just want to give you what they want to give you, which is so. It is a little bit unfortunate where we've stood as customers in horse racing for a while. This is a gripe that I've had for quite some time because I feel like someone that necessarily doesn't have my voice heard all the time, which which kind of stinks, you know, when you spend yeah, a lot of money of and you invest. Um, but no, you're you're spot on. Like so. A place like yeah, it's like well, what's the difference between Exacta and Quinella nothing, for this nothing. sake of this discussion? I mean, or how it's how much different would it be than having a pick four, pick five, pick six, right? Like right. just like different, just different ragers. That of course a pick five takes away more than a, from a pick six because before there was a pick five, everybody played a pick six because that was one of the only big multi-race wagers there was going, right? You know, so um, Canterbury. I feel like Sam Houston. There are smaller tracks that would do those that would try those kind of things. They would take a shot. They would see what happens over a couple months or over a meet, and then they would say, "Ah, eh, doesn't work. We're going to change it up," which is yeah, great. Like, that's wasn't how it, it should a be. Harness track that got the twenty cent thing kind of in motion. I, I think it was. I mean, Woodbine has been having it for a while. I'm pretty sure it was in Canada. I think it might have been like Woodbine Harness because Woodbine Harness was one of the ones that started and 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 they've got the twenty cent everything. 20 cent pick threes, 20 cent pick fours, 20 cent trifectas, superfectas. Um, so they, they give you uh, a, a real opportunity there. And that's even what's nice about that, too, is that like that's all really simple because that goes right into the, the pools. You they, yeah. That's all going into the pools and you just divide it. That makes sure. it really simple. That's not even like having two separate pools. So um, it's trial and error. Experimentation, by the way. Experimenting is just things that people don't want to do because it just is a little bit more work. And you that's how you things take hold by experimenting exactly. some of the things that you never would have thought would have worked would. We got that racing roulette crap. Like you're telling me that was a better idea than any like a million other things. So, so uh, yeah, it's just a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. Well, Louisiana Downs, by the way, is experimenting with a uh, and this may be a year two or three uh, 10 cent pick six. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've seen, you know, I think Cal Expo seen, was, yeah. was doing that as well for a while. Ten cent pick six. Believe it or not, I tried to put together a ten cent pick six at Cal Expo, and my ticket amount got it was overboard. It can it still multiplies, man. Mm-hmm. It, it still multiplies. builds. Yep, absolutely, still builds. And you gotta have to factor that in as part of the strategy. You know, you don't want to put five hundred dollars into it and make sure you hit it because you know, you may not be on the plus side of that. So there is some strategy, some thought process there. And the one thing that's always funky to me is, okay, well, why don't I play it two or three times? Because I don't want to knock myself out. That's the one thing that I always felt was kind of ridiculous about that wager and the jackpot format is knocking oneself out, especially when it's a scratch Right, the scratch situation. So now it goes to the favorites, and now all of a sudden I got it twice. So we talked about that a couple of years ago. I don't want to necessarily revisit that entirely uh, right now either. But uh, good stuff on Santa Anita. So for anybody that's playing, check out Gino's work. He will have watched every single race replay for all the pertinent horses <laughs> yes, that sir. are going to be running. That I can guarantee you guys. So uh, I-, I do want to talk a little bit more about soccer. Why don't we take a quick timeout and then we can resume that discussion as well. Stay with us, everyone. We will be right back after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here closing things up on the Mike Abadir Show. Uh, we were talking a little bit uh, more uh, during the break about our fantasy teams back and forth. But you uh, teased that you wanted to talk some soccer as the uh, Euro Cup is going on. Uh, and, man, there was a scary situation last week with uh, was is it Heinrichsen. 
That's is that that's his name? I think Christine I believe Erickson. 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 There we go. Uh, from Denmark. Who? I mean, forty third minute. And this was on Saturday morning, I believe. And so there were a ton of people watching. Uh, and I was, I was, whatever I was doing, I was on Twitter. And I remember just seeing it. I actually had the game on. I was there were like two things I was watching. I had the game on one, and uh, I think ba- whatever something else on another screen. And so I was only half paying attention. And I I saw everything on Twitter, and then I went to look. He collapsed on the field. They said that he actually was. Like legally dead for a little while. They had to get the defibrillator up and like and shock him back. And recently, he had posted from the hospital that as he's doing as well as he possibly could for the situation. That talk about something that is terrifying and scary. And just somebody collapses on the field during the middle of a live game. And what do you like? What are you supposed to do from so many different capacities? The, the broadcast was still going. Right, they like they didn't even go to a commercial because they. I don't think ESPN or wherever this was showing had control over the feed. It's on like this world feed. This was just as scary of a situation as I can remember. Yeah, absolutely, man. And thank God, it looks like he's uh, you know in the recovery process. Uh, I don't know exactly what the diagnosis is. I'm not going to pretend to uh, know it that in depth. But uh, you know, he seems like he's in good spirits. Uh, I think he's sent out a couple social media posts smiling. So, um, you know, hopefully he uh, can, you know, resume life normally. Um, a greater hope, but not necessarily a uh, mandatory thing that he can continue his soccer career. But we'll see. I, I don't know if that's going to be in the cards for him or not. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's alive. Thank God. And you are absolutely right he was basically dead and was revived so it's it's kind of a miracle that he's even able to send out an instagram post smiling you know what i mean so good stuff there man unfortunately his team today wasn't able to ride Mm -hmm. the emotions to a victory they uh, played against their neighboring rivals belgium who pulled out the two to one victory and uh, we're kind of it, we're getting a lot of um, between the soccer uh, Euro Cup between uh, even just the USA Mexico game, which was like, like a week week and a half ago, which was, was getting a lot of buzz. And be- now with um, with golf tournaments like the U.S. Open, with uh, the French Open and Wimbledon coming up, and then Olympics, there's a very international sort of flair to sports right now. Over these last couple months, it's very much in that. Um, uh, it, I, which I love. It's it's really cool. There are a lot of the, uh, I want to say niche sports, but not necessarily the baseball, basketball, football that we see here in the U.S. all the time. Um, it's going to be sort of time for all these other sports and and big events to take center stage. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right about the international flavor. Obviously, when you're talking about the Euro Cup, it has to be international uh, with respect to us here in the United States. Uh, but great tournament overall. It's really cool that there's this much coverage for it this time around. It really tells you that soccer is kind of making its way uh, to compete with the big boys here in America, at least in terms of viewership and interest. Uh, Because now, you know, when we get to the World Cup, I'm going to feel like I know these teams a whole hell of a lot better than I did in previous World Cups. Um, I think ESPN is doing a nice job. Uh, I have always felt that Fox Sports has done a really good job with soccer. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it, man. And 
you know, international soccer is really, really cool. Club soccer is cool, but there's something about playing for your country that brings out like a certain type of joy and pride with these guys. And I could really, really see it illuminating from the way that they play. My only gripe with it is, and it just scheduling, but they don't get to play with each other long enough to really, really get in sync because they're with their club teams, right? So even like Christian Pulisic, I think he was in a championship game, right, in the uh, Premier League or whatever, uh, Bundesliga, where is he even now? Um, I think he's on loan somewhere. Uh, three, four days before he played in that Mexico game, right? So how can you even get synced up with your teammates? Uh, it really requires an incredible amount of film work and, and uh, meetings and discussions to even try to kind of figure out how to time it because so much of soccer is timing, precision passing, et cetera. So it's pretty impressive that they could pull it off, but I kind of wish that they were able to be with each other a little bit longer. You know what I mean, G? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, by the way, Group F, anybody kind of wants to start on, you know, you're talking about fields of four, and there are, what, three, four, five, six brackets, 24 total teams in Europe. If you only have time for one, go to Group F. Portugal, so you get Cristiano Ronaldo. France, who has been a champion before. Germany, who has been a World Cup champion before. And Hungary. It's a great group. Two of those teams are going to get bounced out, Gino. And I'm obviously uh, rooting for uh, the blue. Italy's had a nice start so far. I've got a funny story about that, by the way. Go ahead. Worth mentioning. So... I got a DNA test done like a long time ago, but it wasn't very sophisticated. So Cheryl, as a gift uh, this past Christmas, got me a 23andMe DNA kit, okay? I kind of procrastinated on doing it. I don't know why. No reason, really. I just kind of had put the kit aside and didn't do it until about a few weeks ago, okay? So I submitted this thing in Gino. There's a lot that I knew from before, but I find found out I'm part. I'm a fellow Paisano, you know. I've got some Italian. Look I at that! Believe it. Uh, Look from at that! The island of Sardinia. If you're familiar Whoa-ho. with, isn't that crazy? How cool! Nice. I could not believe it, man. I I never ever knew. This. So basically, like. Um, it's very specific too, man. Like it says that like part of the family comes from like Cairo. I'm like, shit, man, how do they even know what city, right? And then, so at the border of like Egypt and Sudan and over kind of like, you know, which you get close to like Ethiopia, you get closer to kind of what we think of as, you know, uh, the black African nations over there. So I've got uh, some roots from that region. Right, probably explains my skin color, um, but m- more than anything else, it's amazing how they specify the cities down there over by Sudan and uh, and like I said, Cairo, and then the island of Sardinia. Now that's a very tiny percentage, but it was really cool because I knew about the other two things. I knew the African side, the you know the pure Egyptian side. I had no idea that I'm an Italian. 
I'm going to look up what uh, Italian scholarships are out there, man. I'm going to start filing away, that's going to say. you got to start taking advantage <laughs> of this. I'm going to uh, – just so everybody knows out there, from now on, whenever you see Mike, he's going to have this, like, fake mustache on now, and he's going to start throwing pizza everywhere and yeah, just, like, exactly. really, he's gonna like, get my laying on. Suit, like, even, uh, uh, get a little machine that's gun. Good. That's good. <laughs> everywhere. That's great. I can't. I can't wait yeah. to see. You I was kind of excited time. about that, and uh, I was excited to tell you about it, man. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So who do you, who do you like? But, but that uh, but the Italy team is fantastic, by the way. They're really. Good. I who- think that they are the best team in the field. I'm not just saying that because I'm a newly born Italian. Uh, no, I say that because just watch the passing, man. They are. They do look like they've been playing together for months upon months. I mean. I, I was watching them in awe. Precision passing. They know, they anticipate, they know where, you know, the, the striker's going to be. Their halfbacks are like John Stockton, Chris Ball with the assists. And it's like perfect pass. They know exactly where the guy's going to be. They get it to him. It's really, you know, when people say that soccer can be a beautiful game or like good soccer is a beautiful style of play. That's it. I really, really saw that when I was watching Italy the last time out, man. Yeah, they are really, really good. And what's one of the cool things is one of their uh, strikers is like 36 years old, but he still put one in the net. I think they may have called it back, but the guy's still dealing, man. He's kind of like the LeBron, the old man of of world competitive soccer, which is pretty amazing when you think about it because speed is the name of the game over there. So you talk about losing a step. With them, as many times as those guys get slide tackled, you know, I couldn't couldn't imagine them not losing a step. But he's there, man, plugging away, still doing well. Amazing stuff, man. These guys are amazing athletes for sure. No doubt about that. So where uh, w- 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 your money would be with Italy? I think like, they, they've been as good. I mean, Portugal is always uh, tough in this tournament in particular. They, they generally show up pretty well. Um... I'm trying to think if there's, yeah, like I haven't, there's like. If I had to give a finals, here's my finals prediction. Belgium versus Italy. Okay. Now, I don't know if they can line You're up bracket wise. Yeah. So yeah, forgive that's, that's me, cool. bracket wise, it doesn't match up. Like if but those are the teams that you, yeah. Those are the best two teams. Belgium and Italy. I hope that they can match up. I don't know what side each of them's on tournament wise. But hopefully they could both match up because that would be a fantastic finals. That I do know for sure, man. So good stuff there. Also, Copa America is, is going on as we speak as well. I watched a little bit of Argentina and Messi. And I found it very interesting, Gino. Messi is just not a goal scorer for the national team. He's not. He's not able to get the monkey off of his back. So very interesting to see if he could put one in the net. One of the all-time great players, but is not able to contribute in a resounding way to his national team. So, uh, hey, Gino, we were talking about gender. I do want to say something. kind of want to get it off my chest. And I don't know what's more BS that this is happening or that I could get fired for saying it. But uh, maybe you could guess what I'm talking about. But we're talking about gender issues, right? First, we were talking about men versus women. But now I want to talk about women versus women, I guess, with the trans 
discussions that have really been on fire over the last you know year or so. And I'm just going to state my opinion. You could agree, you could disagree, but I think that girls that are born female should compete against one another and only against one another. I don't feel like somebody born a male that transitions should be able to compete in women's sports. I think I would, that's I, wrong. I think that's BS. I think it's like way, way too overboard with the political correctness. And, you know, it just, it's way too radical for me. Ultimately, it's not fair for the girls, man. I mean, I think, I've got female cousins. You've got a sister. Uh, you know, I'm sure your sister was, she seems like she'd be a good athlete. And she, I know she loves sports. Um, my cousin, Natalie, you know, she played like Juco soccer and to have to have competed against a male, I mean, that just wouldn't be fair, man. It wouldn't be fair if that person took her scholarship opportunity. I think there needs to be, um, I think there needs to be an option for, for, I, I, I and, and I think this is something that you, um, were I, I don't know why I was I, I brought this brought uh, up to my I, I thought about this when I was thinking about how you mentioned for baseball there should be a particular mandated substance by MLB that everybody can use I think there should be um there should be leagues there should be opportunities for for those people to play for for those people to yeah, everybody able, should have an opportunity for, to play and, uh, no doubt hundred percent. So I think there should be, and when we need to do a better job of finding, finding out what and how that is, because I don't pretend to have a solution. I don't, I do agree that, um, just from a pure physical, physically kind of what's fair in my head, it just doesn't sort of, it just doesn't seem fair. Um, in, in particular when it's like, like you said, when it, it's something that could be furthering, like money, furthering um, scholarships, furthering things like that. So I, I, we can do a better job of making sure that everybody has uh, places where they feel included. They feel like they can express themselves. They feel like they can do um, what things that make them happy. I, I don't think the setup right now is completely fair. And so it, it, it's going to need tweaking because we got to keep in mind now, this is all stuff that's really new, right, Mike? There's not a whole lot of precedent for for a lot of these things this isn't something that we can look back on where 30 years ago we didn't even know a lot of these this stuff until the last decade so um sure. it's a very it's it's a it's a it's a good topic to discuss and it's a sensitive one but it's not one that i don't think either one of us would ever have disrespect for it just what becomes logistically fair absolutely 100 percent Unfortunately, that's all the time we have to discuss this issue, but would love to hear from uh, uh, those on Twitter or social media or DMs. Uh, contrary opinions, convince me otherwise, or your support. Either way, I'm open to everything. As always, Gino, great show. Thank you for your analysis. Thank you for the listeners. Appreciate it each and every week. We'll be here same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.